Welcome back to the 99, where we're focused on brewing a better competitive commander. I'm your host, Patrick Marlett, and this is my official Sithis the Harvest Hand deck tech. That's right, the cold brew that came through. Sithis, the girl that just keeps on giving. Easily my favorite legendary from Modern Horizons 2, and by far the best Silesian commander I have ever had the pleasure of brewing to date. And why is that? Is there anything better than drawing the command zone? Precisely. No. There's not, and that's why she's so fantastic at 2CMC, and I cannot wait to talk about this definitive version. Now, is this the best Sithis deck tech you'll see on the internet? Perhaps not, but is it a better one? That I can guarantee. So stay tuned for the full version of this deck tech today, and of course, if you haven't seen the cold brew, I'll still encourage you to watch that, because a lot of the thought process behind the build of this deck is still within that video, and it's a fun watch regardless. But if you enjoy the content here on the channel, the best way to help support it is with a pledge over on Patreon. That's right. If you check out the link in the description, you'll see all the fantastic deets on what you receive as a Patreon member. But as our brewmasters know, there is an official segment just for you here on the channel this Tuesday. As a matter of fact, this coming Tuesday, so hang tight for that live stream, as well as our brew crew members get to participate in the monthly topics, which we'll get to in a second. And of course, all of our Patreon members, spoiler alert, this is an unofficial benefit, but starting next month, I want to start doing live stream gameplay on the channel. So upping the live streams from one to two, and our Patreon members will get to participate with me on those. They should be fun, but essentially we're going to be using cold brew lists we've brewed throughout the week. At the end of the week, we'll test those lists together. And this is a great way to see if I'm just full of hot air or if the lists we're making here are actually somewhat decent. And I cannot wait to start doing that. So if you are on the Patreon, be sure to tune in to the last message I left. Of course, leave your remarks on the poll and get to talking with me on when you're available to jam, as I'm hoping to make that all work out next month. And of course, you can also support the channel by purchasing your next pack singles and more via TCG Player, and that link is also in the description. But guess what? They have all the sweetest Modern Horizon 2 singles over there, so if you're looking to pick up some cards that you missed during your pre-release, well, go ahead and purchase them over at TCG in the link, and of course, a portion of those proceeds will go to help the channel. Thank you so much for your support here on the channel, and by way of TCG Player. I mean, you're helping yourself, you're helping me out, I appreciate that, and of course we have the monthly topic to discuss, and for the month of June. You have to include one color when deck building. Which is it, and why? I don't know why. Why I went into that voice, I could not tell you, but despite us discussing a Selesnian list today, I have to say my favorite color to brew with as of late has been red. Something about the direction they've been going recently is just really enjoyable for me, particularly as a commander player. There's a lot of great cards coming out. The impulse drawing is helping red a lot. And of course, we've gotten cards like Underworld Breach, Dockside Extortionist, the recent Ragavan. Uh, the color is getting absurd stuff, and I just hope this upward spiral continues. The spiral of madness, because it's been very enjoyable to watch and of course, play with. But of course, hang tight to the end of this video to hear the thoughts of one of our brew crew members and our masters on this very topic. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the video by discussing Sithis, Harvest's Hand. Now, I don't suspect that you all watched the live stream, although why didn't you? Some of the best MTG-related live streams on YouTube. <laughs> it was a fun live stream, particularly because I learned a lot about how to refine this list from you guys. That's why the live streams are good. But on a personal note, 
you make me better. But Sithis, for one green, one white. Oh my God, is there, is there really that much? You enjoying this? Is that, is that too much? Uh, for one green, one white, one two body, legendary enchantment creature, Nymph. Mm, I love a good Nymph. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you gain one life and draw a card. Well, uh, hmm, okay. <laughs> Do we, the life gain. Yes, important. Yes, important. We're not on Spike Feeder, Archangel of Thune. We're not, we don't care about infinite life, nor are we trying to, you know, trigger that and get the ball rolling and have fun stuff happen with that. However, no, no Philidar Sovereign, although we could do that. The life gain's important because the, the list is essentially a shell deck for another legendary who definitely takes the spotlight once he hits the battlefield, but essentially, the life gain is going to help us power through that combo by reducing its cost, and we'll get into why when we discuss that combo, but the life gain, while negligible, is still really good. And if you're following along with the deck, of course I've left it in the description down below, you'll notice that Aetherflux Reservoir is in the sideboard, there's no sideboard to Commander, but uh, it was originally one of the win conditions, and it's very good because you actually happen to get there pretty quickly in this list, depending on how you're playing it and what you're prioritizing, and I'll tell you what to prioritize as we go through this, but you can get the life to blast people off the board quite easily. Um, are you going to be able to do it all in one turn? Likely not, but you do have that cannon to put a stop on anyone trying to win with their own strategy. So life gain, yes, draw it, do I, is it, it's self-explanatory, right? Draw's really good. Draw, draw helps you win games. So anytime you see a partner pairing where they're utilizing a Timna or a Krom or a Thrasios, um, it's because it, it, it lets you put cards in your hand. And that's a good thing, Tavesh, in my book. Um, and Sithis now, because she's phenomenal. I love being able to put cards in my hand. Again, self-explanatory. You're, you're playing against three other players. You need to be able to keep up, and the best way to do so is to have a commander that draws you cards. And when you it's at two CMC and you're very likely gonna be able to place her on the field turn one or two the latest, whew, things are great. Now, the first thing we wanna discuss in regards to this deck is the mana base. So we're gonna go over core mana delivery systems as well as important enchantments. Now I'm not gonna go over every enchantment. There's a lot of great enchantments in this deck. It's funny. The amount of good enchantment I found while brewing this list live with you and of course figuring out how to refine it, um, there, there's a ton I, that I was not conscious of that are very good in the world of CDH. And although we're not going to be discussing all of them, we're just going to discuss the ones that synergy well with Sithis. Uh, relevant tutors, and this is the important bit. So this is the playing the deck and learning as you go along uh, knowledge you acquire from playing the deck and learning as you go along. So I'm gonna train you to use your tutors wisely and hopefully this whole deck tech will guide you to playing a better Sithis Harvest Hand. Lastly, we're gonna discuss the combos. Now, as I did with my previous $99 budget Teshar build, I'm just gonna encourage you to find this opening hand. There's gonna be a new segment to every deck tech because I get this question a lot. How do we, how do we play this deck? Well. Outside of watching Brew Wars, where you might see Sithis pop up, um, that will hopefully be a good guide for you. With Sithis, you at least want to see a turn one or two, turn two Sithis, right? 
And that's pretty simple. Do you have two lands? Do you have a Chrome Mox? Do you have a Mox Diamond? Can you push her out quickly? But also, you want to make sure that you have good card quality enchantments and or just enchantments to power through your deck, right? And we'll discuss, of course, those relevant enchantments in a second, but good enchantments to power through your list or card quality ones. And I mean, things like Mary's Guile, Sylvan Library, stuff like that, as well as interaction. An interaction on the stack and or with stacks elements. Now, most of our stacks pieces, if I'm not mistaken, are enchantments. There are a handful of creatures in like one artifact, but we're not gonna discuss them, look through the list to see them. At any rate, that's the opening hand. That's the ideal opening hand. And again, maybe you see her on the show. Maybe you find out how to play her perfectly. So guys, plan base. The mana delivery systems I was referring to. The first one I wanna discuss is Guy's Cradle. Can you afford it? You can't? Get out of here. Only the tryhards get to play CDH. I love that. Lo the, the logic I'm seeing with recently with my proxy video, the YouTube short, people saying like, why are you gonna be such a tryhard? Um, if you wanna play with Guy's Cradle and you can't afford it, proxy it, proxy it. You don't have to own Guy's Cradle. I am not gonna be upset whether you win me with a fake one or a real one, trust me. Just let the board know that it's proxied. But it's really important to this list because when you tap Guy's Cradle, you add one green for each creature you control. And what's odd is that unlike every other list that contains green, Guy's Cradle's really not the land you're prioritizing here, surprisingly. Because you're not gonna make as much mana with this as you will the next card. However, I do want you to bear in mind Guy's Cradle is a mana delivery system because it will help you power through your deck with one of the combos we'll be discussing later. Now it's an odd synergy, that's not necessarily something that you need to be all too concerned with, but it happens to exist in the list, and I wanna talk you through it. But guys, Cradle, pretty self-explanatory, we've all seen it, be a tryhard. <laughs> Play with guys, Cradle, and this is a CDH channel, so, I don't know. Do you like winning games? I hope so. Sarah Sanctum, this is, this is the one you're actually prioritizing, because whoo, if there were ever a list that Sarah Sanctum deserved to be in, you tap it, you add one white to your mana pool for each enchantment you control. It's a legendary land. You can only have one of them on the battlefield at a time, which is good because this is Commander. Um, yeah, a fragile cocoon of dreaming will. I'll agree. It's not so fragile though, and you will break people. It makes others fragile because when you're just slinging a mess of white mana, well, there's just nothing you can't do. And of course, uh, there's an enchantment that plays very well with this card, which we'll discuss in just a moment. But Sarah Sanctum is the one you're going to shoot for most often, unless the combo unveils itself. And your hand, in most cases, is going to tell you the truth to what you should be playing for. But Sarah Sanctum, I'd say 70-30 is the card you shoot for when you have a way to tutor for a land. Now, next up is Nykthos, a shrine to Nyx. And why these mana delivery systems, I don't know why I'm calling them that. Why these are important is because the combo that this list contains is very expensive to do. So we need a lot of mana on turn, not only to protect our combo, but to play out the combo. Because the combo in this list, it runs a cool nine mana to play just straight up. So we need a lot of mana and Nykthos helps you get there. So you can tap it for one generic or pay two, tap it, choose a color. Add to your mana pool, just yours, an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion. 
to that color. What's great is that we have so many enchantments. So, oh, 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 many enchantments. And they happen to be permanents. So guess what? Wham bam, thank you ma'am. You generate a lot of mana off this card. As much as you would a guy's cradle Sarasanctum. Not necessarily, but it's another redundancy that will help you power down your combo. Power up, power down. You're gonna throw down. Not up, you're gonna throw down. And it's gonna be good. Last land I wanna discuss. This one doesn't generate you oodles of mana, but it is very important. I found that a lot of the Syner synergistic, is that a word? The, the enchantment auras that synergy well with Sithis often get removed and or creatures get removed because it's just a fun thing for your opponents to do and they think they're smart. Well, I mean, it's not like people are countering Kroms and Timnas willy-nilly, but if Sithis is drawing heaven for bed, uh, she's allowed to do that. So Hall of Heliod's generosity is gonna help you get back those synergistic, I wanna say it, uh, auras that your opponents are stopping you from playing. So you tap it, get it one generic. You pay one generic and one white, tap it, put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. This has never been more important than in this deck because I found, like I was saying, that the value enchantments and auras in this list get countered and or hampered uh, more over any other deck because this is an enchantress deck and you're trying to draw cards with enchantments. So people see that value and they're like, well, I gotta stop this. This guy's pouring a lot of mana into drawing cards and I think that makes sense. It's an undue amount of hate I've been seeing, but I think it makes sense. It's almost like when I play Neheb and people just hard remove Neheb because they expect that they're gonna die on the spot. Not the case. Same story here, but at least we have backup. Neheb does not have a good backup within its land base to help him recover after he's been removed five times. But the good bit of news is that Sithis, she's two mana, four mana. This is all very easy to do. If you look at the list curve, it's very easy to play out your entire hand by the third turn, which, you know, we're hoping we don't run out of steam then, but you get what I'm saying. It's it's very easy to catch back up with this list. But Hold Heliot's Generosity, excellent for recovering any sort of your value enchantments um, to include Flicker Ward. So we're moving on to important enchantments, and the first two we're going to discuss are of the utmost importance, and they seem silly, but they're fantastic. Flicker Ward. For one white enchant creature, as Flicker Ward enters the battlefield, choose a color. It's usually blue or black, sometimes red. But Chain of Vapor, that's what I see the most. Enchanted creature has protection from the chosen color. This effect doesn't remove flicker ward. Oh, thank god. Uh, so if you ever chose white. Right, okay. Pay one white, return flickering ward to its owner's hand. So, did I say flicker ward? It's flickering ward. We're, we're doing it multiple times. So, with this, and a card like Sarah's Sanctum, well man, if I just tapped for eight mana, and I have you get to, it's it's pay two, right? So the first time you play it, you gain a life draw card. So that's one mana. Pay one, bounce it to hand, pay another, cast it, gain a life, draw a card. So you're you're going up, you keep doing this, and then maybe you find something else you wanna play, like a stacked piece or whatever. Drop your blind obedience, you're like, okay, I'll just do that instead. I've got one more mana left, I'll bounce it to my hand. 
of the floating from Sarah's Sanctum, and then you have your other lands to fool with. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. You've basically, if you prioritize this aura, uh, you've basically uh, made the game your bitch. Now, you're you're drawing a lot of cards. And not and Is it obscene for the mana cost? No, because you have to pay two to draw one. That's pretty egregious, in my opinion, and not worthy of so much hate. But I'm feeling really attacked. I don't know why from my recent games that said this. I guess people find it threatening and that's a good thing. But Flickering Ward is one of those value auras that you're gonna wanna go for because it's, it's so synergistic. Um, but beyond Flickering Ward, we have Whip Silk, the green brother. For one green, enchant creature. Enchanted creature has reach. Ooh, even better? No, not better. Pay one green, return Whip Silk to its owner's hand. What was that? We had another land that produces a massive man. Guy's Cradle. Oh, same story. So if you tap Guy's Cradle, you're not gonna make as much mana as Sarah's Sanctum. I'm not gonna lie to you. But you can also do the thing with Whip Silk. You can also do the thing with Whip Silk. But remember this card because it's an outlet for the deck with one of our combos. So you may prioritize this over Flickering Ward in some occasions. However, uh, for the most part, you're not concerned about the reach. You're mostly concerned about the draw. And this is a great way to draw through the list. Capitalize on these cards. Trust me, these are the ones that prioritize. They will help you pull through the list. We have a lot of ways to find auras in this deck. We're not going to cover all of them, but Heliod's Pilgrim, heard of it? Open the Armory, heard of it? Enlightened Tutor, of course you've heard of it. But guys, the next two enchantments we're going to discuss actually just give you mana. Because remember, the star of this list, the main combo, cost nine. It cost nine. That's a lot. So what What about Utopia Sprawl? What about Wild Growth? Is there anything beyond those? Well, if you jump into the two CMC slot, you'll find a little card called Fertile Ground. Art that's kind of a throwback to some of the original lands. I feel like this reminds me of like a alpha beta land. But Enchant Land, whenever Enchanted Land is tapped for mana, it's control adds an additional one mana of any color. Uh, okay, color fixing, color fixing. It's two for an additional one, Pat. Like, again, this is no wild growth, but we do need these redundancies, and guess what? When you pay two, you draw one. So it's almost like casting Flickering Ward or Whip Silk. Um, not as good, but this is the redundancy we need. And if you have a Arbor Elf out, right, and this is on your Savannah, even better. You're tapping Savannah for whatever you want, plus whatever you want, fertile ground. You want it, you need it, uh, and you got it. Coupled with Wolf Willow Haven. No H there, uh, except for the Haven. There's an H there. Enchanted Land Enchanted. Whenever Enchanted Land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional green. I will, I will, I'm gonna read the latter half. For four generic, one green, sacrifice Wolf Willow Haven, create a 2-2 wolf creature token, activate only during your turn. Is it even worth running anymore? Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Because you need, you need the mana. Trust me, you need the mana. You've never felt it harder than when you're trying to combo off and your combo takes nine mana, okay? This isn't Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation, okay? Life ain't that easy for us Selesnians. So you need Wolf Willow Haven. Mark my words. Are you feeding the Dockside Extortionist? You play Root Mace. Get over it. It's gonna be okay. Um, are you feeding your Sarah Sanctum? Hell yes! So don't sweat it! Because guess what? The flickering ward I talked so highly about, 
that whip silk that I love reaching with. Sigarda's aide says, do it at instant speed, baby. For one white enchantment, you may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. The fun doesn't stop there, though. Whenever an enchantment enters about... <laughs> Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. Oh my god! Well, we don't have any equipment pieces in this deck, sadly. I mean, I guess you can make an argument for a skull clamp, should you like. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, more draw is more draw, and more draw is good. And we only use one other enchantress in the list, the Argothian enchantress, and the most enchanting of them all. Um, because Sithis, I, I found, is enough, right? Argothian's one redundancy, but Sithis happens to be enough. If you want to add a piece of equipment, the only one I could really recommend is Skull Clamp. But what's great about this is that we can do, if you got Urban Burgeoning, look at that card. Strapped onto your Sarah Sanctum and you got a Flickering Ward, well, damn, you got a mini Seedborn Muse effect going on. Because basically you can untap that land, tap it off turn, flick the ward, keep flicking it, make Naru jealous. No one's going to know what's happening. You're just drawing cards and off turn like a mad person. There's a lot of cool synergies in this deck. And this is one of them. I really love this effect. It's also really good because Flickering Ward just gives you protection from whatever. So you can flick that in, onto the battlefield. Well, that's such a fun name to say. And uh, give something protection from blue, right? Because that's what you do. All right, uh, other relevant enchantment to speak of, and the last one I'll be discussing with you all, because this is a better Greater Oromancy. Stop suggesting Greater Oromancy. Get out of here with Greater Oromancy. I know it feels like a shoe in but trust me. Sterling Grove for one green, one white. We'll get into why it's trash. Why did you waste your money? Enchantment. I own a copy. I'll give it to you. Other enchantments you control have Shroud. Oh, damn. Wait, Pat. That means I can't flick the ward on to sit this. Because that girl's an enchantment. And you're right. I just stabbed myself in the foot. Hold up. Pay one. Sacrifice Sterling Grove. Search your library for an enchantment card. Reveal it. Then shuffle it and put it. Put that card on top. What? I get, I get it. Protection and a tutor. I get protection when I need it. And when I don't want it anymore, a tutor. And if I'm paying one generic and sacrificing this, it's gonna be on your turn going to mine. Fantastic. Now, why do I bring up Greater Oromancy here? It's because this is, you know, they're not comparable. This is better in every way. But the issue with Greater Oromancy and why I think a lot of people are gonna play with it, and I'm gonna encourage you not to play with it, is for one generic, one white enchantment. Other enchantments you control have shroud. Enchanted creatures you control have shroud. So whether that creature was an enchantment or not, if it has flickering ward on it, there's not shit you can do with that creature. And also, if Sithis is the only creature you have out, which happens to be the case sometimes, you can't play any of your auras onto her. So you just have a bunch of dead cards in your hand. I never recommend you run stacks pieces or pieces of protection. And in this case, it's just stacks against yourself but pieces of protection that are counterintuitive to your strategy. This is an Enchantress deck. There are at least 40 enchantments, 35 to 40 in this deck. I forget where I left it off before I delivered it to you, but there's a lot, and a lot of them require that we target other enchantments like our Sanctum Weaver, our Sithis, our, I mean, all of our value creatures in this deck, Destiny Spinner, they're, they're all enchantment creatures. 
who, who would have known, right? In Greater Ormancy makes it so that, oh, that strategy you had, it's, it's moot. You can't, I'm sorry. Just play Sterling Grove and be satisfied. That is not a redundancy you need, and I highly encourage you take this out of your list if it's in your list. And uh, not a value enchantment. Moving on to relevant tutors. Fight me, fight me on that. Feed the algorithm, comment, like, dislike. Crop rotation, however, is a value card. Play it in every list that contains green. Yeah, every list that contains green. Because for one green instant speed as additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a land. Oh, damn. Shame. Search your library for a land card, any land, put that card onto battlefield, then shuffle. I've named them already. Our mana delivery systems. Is that what I've been calling them? Our Gaia's Cradle, our Sarah's Sanctum, our Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. Not necessarily in that order. Um, they're the ones you want. They're the mana you need. The mana your deck deserves. Uh, proxy them if you can't afford Even Sarah's Sanctum's blasted into the stratosphere. But if you're gonna buy it, if you have to buy it, you gotta have that real copy. Use the link in the description. But when you do play those cards, <laughs> They're the best cards in the deck. So crop rotation, we've prioritized our land tutors because it's of the utmost importance you get those on the battlefield. Again, nine to do the main combo, and that's why you also run Sylvan Scrying. For one generic, one green sorcery speed, search your library for a land card, reveal it, and put it into your dang hand. Shuffle your library. Is this as good as crop rotation? No, but we need this redundancy because being able to find those three lands I just mentioned, Fantastic. Hall of Heliod's generosity when you need it. Fantastic. You want them. You need them. As I've mentioned in a video before, if your tutor has at least two relevant targets, run it. If your deck can use a tutor that has at least two relevant targets, run it. Always worth it. Trust me. Uh, Sylvan Scrying, perfect here, by the way. And one big shout out I'm going to do right now, and I never do this. That's not true. Um, someone who watched the live stream after it was live mentioned congregation at dawn so if you were to just go to the live stream you'll see this comments and thank you for mentioning this because we've all missed it but it's phenomenal in the list and i'll tell you three creatures as to why for double green one white instant speed search your library for up to three creatures uh reveal them shuffle your library and put those cards on top in any order destiny spinner heliod sun crowned Walking Ballista. Those three. Destiny Spinner. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll mention her because it's important you know what she is, but I'm not going to mention the other two until we get the combo section of the deck. Destiny Spinner for one generic, one green enchantment creature, human creature, and enchantment spells you control can't be countered? Well, damn. The only list I ever cared to play this card, and it's fantastic here. We're not too concerned about our activated ability. You can run it, but that top ability... Wow, that's a setup. Last up in the tutor suite, and certainly not least, we have Chord of Calling for X and Triple Green at instant speed. And instant is the most relevant thing to note here, and we'll get into why in a second, but it has Convoke. Uh, creatures you control can help you cast this spell. You can tap them down to convoke it by paying either one generic or one color in that creature's color. But, Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost of X or less and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. That sounds pretty darn good in my book. I mean, that's the 
slickest way to put down a Drath Magistrate. That's the finest way to get our other Enchantress, our Argothian Enchantress. Maybe I put down a Sanctum Weaver. Ooh, and it's not summoning sick. Or maybe I throw down Siona. Siona. I thought Pat hated Siona. I thought Siona was off the table. Well, I had a change of heart, okay? Because this card makes that strategy a whole lot more playable, which is what we're gonna be delving into next, our combo sweep. But Court of Calling, it's not my favorite tutor in the deck, but it is certainly the most flexible in regards to how we can pop off in Selesnya. And because we're generating a mess of mana anyways, it's not difficult to play with. From Siona down to the other creatures I mentioned, that's just six mana. And of course your creatures help you do this. So definitely run the cord. It's phenomenal in this list. Now onto our combos and these shouldn't take too long to discuss because they're kind of tried and true and they do a thing that we all know that they do. We have Heliod, Suncrowned, and Walking Ballista, and I'll just go off and read them for you. For two generic, one white, legendary enchantment creature, God Enchantment, Congregation at Dawn, Destiny Spinner into Heliod into, you get the picture. Indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. That's right. He's just a god. Whenever you gain life, put a 1-1 counter on target creature enchantment you control. Super valuable leading up to the combo turn. And in the what's more department, one generic, one white, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. Well, guess who Heliod's main squeeze is? Uh, well, his side chick's Triskelion, but when she's not around, Walking Ballista for double X, artifact creature construct. Walking Ballista enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. And it also happens to be a zero zero body, so definitely pay X, but put something into X. You can pay four, put a one one counter on Walking Ballista, or remove a plus one plus one counter from Walking Ballista. It deals one damage to any target. So let's get this straight. Heliod is three to cast, two to give something lifelink, which would be Walking Ballista in this case. And if we want to start up the combo with Walking Ballista, we need to at least make Walking for mana value worth of mana value. So that's a 2-2 two, two body. So two plus one plus one counters. So put lifelink onto this creature, remove a plus one plus one counter, Heliot, <laughs> Walking Ballista is down to being a one one, zap anything, any target, my opponent. Oh, I have lifelink. I gain life off of the zap. I put another counter because of Heliod. Uh, the old one, two punch of Heliod, that slow sluggish punch. Well. Even better than trying to run this in Heliod is running it here because I just drew most of my deck. I have a mess of protection. I have a mess of mana and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to pop off with this combo uninhibited in most cases. So this is a really great shell for this combo and the main reason I like it so much here. I generally never play for the Heliod combo. It is very slow and outside of a dedicated Heliod Suncrowned list, too slow. But here, very good. Very, very good. Very good. That's why we put all of the mana into this list. If you were wondering why Wolf Willowhaven was there, I promise, important, run it, this. It's good. Now, Siona, Captain of Pileus. The Pileus. One generic, Selesnia. Legendary creature, human soldier. Look at these Amazonians and that one just dude with a barrel. When Siona, Captain of the Pileus, have I seen, is the Pileus a card? 
link it in the comment section, I need to know. Enter the battlefield. Um, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an or card from among them. We got a lot of those. And put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Stop there. 2-2 body, Chris Rallis art. Love you, brother. Art's fantastic. And that top ability, Siona is just okay. She's fine. Three mana, dig through your deck, is okay. The good bit of news with Siona is that all of our tutors that only find green creatures, I'm looking at you, Green Sun Zenith, can find Siona on the spot. That's is really important to note because a lot of green tutors predominantly find green creatures. Now, we've gotten Finale of Devastation in recent years, and of course, there are other tutors that you can use outside of Summoner's Pact, which is not in the deck. But she's green. So getting to her is actually quite easy, and of course just playing her is good value. You basically replace the card in your hand because you're likely to find an aura I have yet to fail, but it will happen inevitably, and that's okay because you still get to use her as a combo piece, whether you use that dig or not. Because whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a 1-1 one, one hu white human soldier creature token. So, is that good? Uh, yeah. It's good. It's good. Because it combos with this card. And you've likely seen this combo. We discussed it when the set came out with Siona, the Theros Beyond Death. I think we were all ogling Thassa's Oracle at the time and uh, Underworld Breach <laughs> after a week or two of playing with that card. But Shielded by Faith with Siona is pretty dope. For one generic double white enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature has indestructible. Give it to Sithis, she's a 1-2, right? So that's actually kind of relevant to be able to make her indestructible. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may attach shield, uh, Shielded by Faith to that creature. So it doesn't care if it's a token or not. When you cast Shielded by Faith, target Siona. Whatever, you can target anything. Target Siona. You do that, you make a 1-1 one, one human soldier. Soldier? Soldier. Oh, a creature entered the battlefield. I'm gonna attach this to this thing. Oh, whenever an aura you control becomes attached to it, make another one. You make an infinite army of Amazonian goddesses. And she's not an Amazonian or a goddess, but she had me convinced. All of these white human soldiers, it's lovely, it's fantastic. The main fault of the Siona list is the fact that you need a sack outlet to leverage this and a concordant crossroads or a crashing drawbridge or whatever it's called to give all these little dudes haste. What's cool about this combo, however, is the fact that with Court of Calling, let's just say we played Shielded by Faith on top of our Sithis. That makes a lot of sense. I Court of Calling Siona out off turn. She enters the battlefield. Oh, this thing says I can move it. Yeah, we'll do that. I'm going to move this over here. Oh, I make a white human soldier. I'm going to keep making white human soldiers and then I'm going to just reattach. It's a May, right? It's a May with Shielded by Faith, so you don't technically need to do this. But make enough of those white human soldiers and then move this back to Sithis. Whatever. Leave her indestructible because if any, should anything happen, at least you have your draw engine with indestructible. But basically when you do that, you get to untap with an army ready to annihilate. Now, that, of course, is obviously good, but we also have more synergies in this deck. Because we can also just have Siona out, and if we have our Sigarda's Aid, which I mentioned earlier, you can flash Shielded by Faith in off turn. So we have Court of Calling to do this at instant speed, and or we have Sigarda coupled with Shielded by Faith to do this as though it had flash. So 
off turn, right? Give yourself that army off turn, go to Beat Street. Because generally speaking, if you just do this and pass, well, then everyone has a turn to deal with you and you just put the biggest target on your head, you are public enemy number one. Still a fine combo, still playable, but there are other things to do here. Let's just say that we did this on turn. The madness, the insanity. Pat, why would you do shielded by fear? You just illustrated these wonderful ways to push the combo, win on turn. But what if I told you that you did Siona, you did shielded by faith, and you happen to have Guy's Cradle out? Well, Guy's Cradle, it it's not, it does not care whether that creature be token, non-token, morphed, any. It doesn't really care. It's, not, it's unbiased when it comes to tapping for mana, because guess what? You make all the green mana, and then if we have, what is that other enchantment we're prioritizing? Whip Silk? Oh my god, Whip Silk just became the most important card in the game, because although when it's on the battlefield, it's pay two, draw one, if we have an army of white human soldiers, a guy's cradle, and Whip Silk, well, we just draw through our deck. We just draw right into that Heliod combo. We just have all the mana to do that, right? Pending the white. Pending the white. Save three white pips. Two white pips. Not even that much. You've got this, but you get what I'm saying? You could do it off turn with those two cards I discussed, Court of Calling and or Sigarda's Aid. You can do it on turn with your guy's cradle and just show people what Selesnia is really about. But guys, that is the definitive Sithis deck tech. I think that this is as much C as the list can be in EDH, and I am super pleased with this deck. Um, I teased at it. Yes, you will see this in a future video on the channel. As a matter of fact, I'm pushing to make it next week's video. So if you like the Brew War segments on the show and you want to see Sithis played out, I highly encourage you stay tuned for that video to see how she rocks and rolls. But guys, as I do with every video, I'd like to thank one Patreon member in that random Patreon member today is Tyler Yingling. Not only my favorite company to produce a black and tan, but Tyler has been a member of the Brew Baby Crew since September of last year. And Tyler, you already know it, but I'm gonna say it anyways, you are among the best. Thank you so much for your support here on the channel. And concerning the monthly topic, I'll be reading for Gunblade Knight. White. I tend to like the underdog and I've always liked Angels. I know it needs some work, but it does have some staples as well. And I have to agree, I mean, one of my favorite CDH lists is easily Teshar, and that is as artifact heavy as white can get, but it is mono white nonetheless, and we did just get Esper Sentinel, which is a definite staple for at least the white list out there, and I mean, it also happens to be an artifact. We can't even give white one thing, um, but white is getting a little bit stronger. Its progression has definitely been slower than the other colors, but I, I definitely agree with you. White does a lot of things I still enjoy, and it's still the king of stacks. But guys, that is it for the Sithis deck tech. I hope you enjoyed it, learned something new, found a few tricks to put in your own Sithis deck, and of course, as I do with all of these decks, I leave the rest to you. I highly encourage you to take this list, tweak it as you like, or just play it as is. Trust me, it's a good time. Again, my name is Patrick Marlette, and happy brewing, babies.